Thank you, everybody, for being patient online. We're having some signal issues, and that's uh, so it kind of freezes or it goes black and then goes back up. So stay with us. If we if we get stuck, then don't you stick. Just press in, pray, bless the media team. And right now, we looks like we're on. So we'll stay on in Jesus' name to the other side. Praise the Lord. And be ready today. This is a day of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm going to do a message that wasn't the message I would have chosen to do, but it was the message that kind of presented itself to me uh, on Sunday, last Saturday, when we did our returning, as we were through that gathering and hearing the voice of the Lord in so many. It started uh, with seeing uh, Kathleen, a dear uh, prophetic intercessor, Who's, who are in Mark, come from Santa Barbara down, and they are part of just that calling of the deep calling of God that's over our state and over this body. And she had shared a, uh, a prayer that was growing, and the prayer was growing out of Acts chapter 19. And it was in regard to the special miracles that Paul, that God did through Paul by the handkerchiefs and the aprons that having left his body then would be taken to people that were sick or people that were demonized, harassed by, and vexed, and the demons would be left, leave, and, the, and sickness would go and healing would come and freedom would come. And when you're in a meeting that's going like one of our fall conferences, you start on Friday night, you're going through all day Saturday, and then you go into Sunday, it kind of, you, you, you get picked up higher than you would normally be in because you're just longer together in the presence and there's more light and life and so I'm going whoa that's really good that's really good I I sense that I see it what her point was that Lord could I um get some handkerchiefs and join them and then we could use that as a point of extending by faith the word of God let the word of God prove itself true again in the, in, in the hour which we live. God said, I thought you would never ask. I really like that idea. So I jumped on it, and she brought her 25 uh, um, handkerchiefs. That's, not, that's way more than how we have in this room, but I, my message was growing. At the same time, during the weekend, uh, Larry Hicks shared out of the watches, the prayer watches we do every Wednesday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., which will be here again. I'm longing for you to join us. We're getting bigger and larger and larger teams. We're growing in, in the agreement with God. It's word as he speaks what he's wanting to accomplish, as he makes clear what he's saying, then we agree with him. Then we learn to agree with each other concerning what he's saying, and it's just starting to build strength. And Larry was sharing about about bringing the message out to share with others, to tell it. And he, he was talking to the Lord about, what can I do? And Well, the Lord said, well, um, you like to talk to people. Why don't you go and pass out tracks? So he started doing that. Then he started sharing uh, with more tracks with more people, and others heard about it, and they started sharing tracks. So if you were born again like I was in the 70s, tracks were really huge, you know? So he, I said, well, Larry, bring these tracks, some tracks, because I think that's a point of contact. See, the, the thought was, there's, what can we do with what God has given us? And so now I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read to you Acts 18 and let you know that I am not, 
I'll tell you where, what I can do that I have utter confidence and complete uh, experience with, and I'll tell you where I'm not there yet. And then we'll take a moment to see where we could uh, activate where we each can be. So these will be up here. I don't know how the service will end, but if you would like to take one of these uh, handkerchiefs uh, for someone you know that's sick or, or oppressed or having trouble or a, a track, they'll all be up here. I'll just put them right over here. And know that uh, the, 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 well, Lord, I just need to I pray because I have not felt the fear of God like I do right now. And it just keeps increasing. I don't want to. I know there's something that's supernaturally happening, but it's not from us. It's not for me, for sure. It's, I'm just a vessel, and the power, the excellence of the treasure comes not from me, but from you. And so I ask for the grace and for us to have the grace to hear, for the Spirit of God to come, for the Word of the Lord to, be, uh, to grow and to multiply and, be, and prevail in every area of life as you are doing so. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for this moment we're in. And I praise you for what you're doing with us in this moment we're in. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, yesterday reading Luke 1, I loved it when I got to uh, Zechariah. Uh, and he's trying to make excuses. Uh, how can I know for sure that, you know, you're gonna, what you just said about me having a baby, John, how can I know this for sure? And I love what Gabriel says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And then he says, because you won't believe, you're going to be quiet. And till the fulfillment of these words, for these words will be made replete. They will be fulfilled at their kairos moment. So we are a people that are blessed to live in the scripture and to live in the spirit be able to embrace the Word of God entirely without having to produce any of it, and yet accepting all of it, God will produce and perform. That liberates the pressure put on an individual to say, God's saying do this, we have to go do it, as though it has to now come out of us. We begin to behold Him, and we acknowledge Him, and we pray, and the next thing you know, we, we believe more than we thought we could believe. And we accept what we being said as truth. After a while, we extend ourselves into things we never thought we would reach into. So I'm happy about living in Jesus. Acts chapter 18, I'm going to begin with the way the story probably, I like the way it would have been told if we hadn't put the chapters where we put them. Verse 24. Um, this is a... This is a powerful, powerful chapter 19, but it starts in Acts 18:24. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born of Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. The focus is the city of Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord though he knew only the baptism of John. Movements of God bring in new movements of God to new movements of God. And you can continue to behold the Lord in all of it, but then there, there's these times when something's now ready to catch up. 
So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue where Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They, they were traveling companions with Paul. And they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So he now is going, whoa, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. The Messiah's fully here, resurrected, ascended. Wow. And he just, he just lit up. Can you believe that? Because he knew the scripture. See, if you know the scripture and you are a seeker of truth, Jesus said you'll always know whether what you're being told is of God or just from a man trying to produce himself. So he's just thrilled. And it says, and when he desired to cross over to Achaia, which is Corinthian, Corinth, the brethren wrote, wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, and when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. So faith is growing. So here we are. He was in Ephesus. Now he's in Corinth. Chapter 19, verse 1. Picks up. And Paul now is on his way into Ephesus. For, well, he was there once, but he didn't do any ministry, but now he's finding himself as it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. See, because they were Paulus teaching, John the Baptist teachings. They understood that, but the revelation of the Christ hadn't, hadn't caught up to, they hadn't caught up to or hadn't been revealed. So, John, so Paul says, well, then into, and everybody look at that word, into, and remember that, into what then were you baptized? So they said, well, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe into him, not on, into, same Greek word, into him who would come after him, that is, into Christ Jesus, Messiah Jesus. So, Again, they're disciples. You see, you can be a disciple of the Lord and fervent in spirit and limited by truth. But once truth is presented, you're going, I'm in. So that when they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I'm emphasizing the into instead of the in or the on because there's something about the relationship we hold, have in Christ where all salvation flows from, where all healing comes from, where all deliverance comes from, and not from a body of knowledge. Salvation is not an event, though it can be remembered as an event. It is a man, a resurrected man, seated at the right hand of God the Father, who pours out the Spirit, who releases the remittance of sins, who did everything. But we'll, go, we'll get over to that in a moment. And when Paul had laid hands on them, so they come out of the water into Christ's baptism, one baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. 
to that point right now, I am absolutely, utterly confident in the workings of the Lord with me. I've watched that happen hundreds of times to see people come out of the water into Christ, see people baptized with the Holy Spirit, speak in other tongues, and prophesy. Those are almost, those are, those are beautiful, powerful parts. I practice it continually in my life because I, I want more of what Jesus is doing. I'm, uh, if this is salvation, I'm utterly disappointed compared to the uttermost salvation that I'm in pursuit. This glorious one where we've been called to be entered to received into the glory of Christ. His prayer in 17 John was that I want them to be able to see into my glory that I had with you, into the love that we cared to one another. I want them to become one because they do. So I'm anticipating continually greater revelation of Jesus, always in the scripture, but always lit up by the Holy Spirit so that's beyond what I saw before. I just... So I love reading the Bible, Bible, Bible. I want to read the Bible. I just love reading the Bible. Because the Bible's truth. And if I stay in the Bible, I'll know truth. And if I know truth, I'll know Jesus. And Jesus will make me free. And I'll experience something I couldn't touch with my own resource, my own willpower, my own emotional zeal, my own holiness. Whatever attribute or effort I applied, couldn't until I met him. I turn, I see, he heals he leads, and we go into a new place. This has been the, the, the path of the year. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. You hear the voice, you will be known. You'll be undone, and you'll be brought up, and you'll begin to follow in a new way. And it's continual, never stopping, never, 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 never stopping. Even Revelation says these are those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. So, whoa, yeah. Now, the men were about 12 in all, so... That's the beginning. And they went into the synagogue, spoke boldly for three months, reasoning, persuading, concerning the things of the kingdom of God. That I'm comfortable with. To the degree that I know of the kingdom, as I know the king, the more I know the king, the more I understand the kingdom of God. I know the kingdom of God is not food and drink and, and this and that. It's righteousness, peace, joy, in the Holy Spirit, so I live there and I practice that. If I can touch and feel be, being impacted by the Holy Spirit and righteousness and peace and joy, I know I'm inside the kingdom and the kingdom is not outside, it's inside, doesn't come with observance because the kingdom is within. So there's an explosive kingdom that's being coming forth out of the, out of the, out of the believers by carrying righteousness, peace, and joy. And I don't know about you, but I think if you could walk around in righteousness, peace, and joy right now, you're pretty much a light shining in a dark place. Because, <laughs> you know, there's just not a whole lot of that right now. So, you know, don't ever think. Peace will be one of the most powerful evangelistic tools. When ships are sinking and people are freaking, all it takes is a man to come out of the belly of the ship and say, hey, don't have to be afraid. I already told you that you would, should be afraid before we left, but you didn't listen to me then. But I've been talking to the one whose I am and whom I serve. And an angel of his came to me and said, Paul, do not be afraid. You must appear before Caesar. And the Lord has granted you every soul on this ship. So he says, I believe it'll be exactly what was told me. And so the man they wouldn't listen to, now everyone's listening to. 
The man that thought, well, we'd rather follow the directive of the, of the ship owner and the, and the captain and, uh, and this, keep this thing moving. And now all of a sudden, what do we do? I said, well, you need to eat. You're all 14 days having eight, eat some food. Now let's empty the thing. We're going to go into a, we're going to run into, we're going to go into an island. So now they're just, I mean, you can give hope to people if you carry Christ in you. And, he, and you can say what he says, and you can hear what he's saying. So anyway, they get to the island, they hit a ground, and uh, the ship's kind of stuck, and the sa- sailor's going, we're out of here. So they're acting like they're going to put anchors down, and instead they just wanted the boats to get off the ship so they could get to safety. And Paul says to the, uh, to the uh, centurion, whoever's guarding him, he says, if, they, if these guys get off the ship, none of us are going to be saved. So they cut the boat. They cut, their, they cut their life rafts and let them go adrift. And they say, okay, we're all in because Paul's the leader. He's the prisoner, but he's leading a ship because he has to go to Rome because God said he has to go see Caesar. It all began in this chapter 19. So it's crazy where we're at. He, so he, he, um, when they were hardened, there were some that were hardened and they did not believe, verse 9, but spoke evil of the way... The, before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning into the school of Tyrannius. So, so the synagogue is not going, we can't go with this whole thing. We're getting a pot. We're having trouble with this. We're getting offended. Our hearts are hardening. We're in unbelief, and we're going to complain. So he says, let's just leave this situation, and let's go over here to this school and take the disciples, and now we can just start doing reasoning daily. We can start processing Jesus Jesus, the kingdom of God. And he continued in this for two years. So for two years, he's now with a group of disciples speaking about who this Lord Jesus is, the resurrected king, and so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So by the time two years have passed, a little over two years, there is a a hearing of the gospel a hearing of the word of Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. This is something that's expanding. And we'll talk about that in a moment, what that word is. But now, God worked unusual or special, King James called it, miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, here's where I'm not comfortable. Because I'm not God. But God can do this. And when God starts doing this, God will do this. But he's doing it for a reason. And the reason always is to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so what I mean is that Paul did not work the miracles. God worked the special miracles. Do you follow me? Is that okay? You don't have to, you don't have to work special miracles? God gets to work special miracles. Because he wants to work special miracles. He wants to give the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the diverse gifts to testify to the great salvation, Jesus Christ. So the message is ours to focus on. The Spirit of God is the one who powers, empowers it. And Father God says, you know what? I want to make sure everybody knows what that message is. Is my message because here, here's some healing. Here's some salvation. Here's some deliverance, which is what Jesus means. Salvation, healing, and deliverance. Yeshua. So the, as the gospel is growing, God's, the faith is growing, and the miracles are growing. Does, does, that, does that make sense how it would work like that? Right? I mean, that's why if you spend two, wait, two days together, 20, 10 days together, 15 days together, you're going to grow in faith. You show up for four hours and during our watch and prayer, 
you're going to grow. Your faith will be higher when you leave than when you got here. Just, just because you're, you're, you're putting, placing yourself in truth and in the spirit, and spirit and truth is how all sanctification process functions. So, wow, powerful. So that uh, even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So it's touching through Paul. It's, we're an earthen vessel. The miracles come through us, but not from us. So it's God's choosing to say, I'm going to even heighten the sound of this vessel through the unusual miracles that I want to start doing. And I believe we will see these things again in, a, in, a, in strong measures because of the message of Jesus Christ will continue to get exalted to the level he should be held and what was done in the first church. So what happens is some itinerant uh, uh, exorcists, uh, Jewish exorcists, they were, they were those who would come and they were part of those casting out demons during the days of Jesus. When he said, if I've cast out demons by Beelzebub, well then who do your sons cast them out? So demons have always been around and always been a problem and they have to be press, pressed out. Well, they took it upon themselves, and you can focus that. Take it upon themselves. They said, oh, you know, I'm going to just call. Let, let's try this Paul thing, this Jesus. That, they called on the, they, they, to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. We exercise you by the, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. See, I'll tell you one thing I know about the kingdom I'm very confident in. It is not a technique. It is not a bunch of principles and patterns and practices, but it is something you have to practice for you to own it. That's the power of, the, of, of repetition in the spirit, in the things of the kingdom that we're told to do, and practicing you get to be, uh, know that you own it. Because what happens is evil spirit. Those who had um, the seven sons of Sceva, Jewish priests who did this, so there's seven sons of Sceva, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Ginosko. I've had experience with him. <laughs> I know Jesus. And Paul, I know. I'm acquainted with. I've heard about Paul. I recognize what he's, what he's doing in the earth. I, I know. But who are you? You see, you can, we, we can easily place ourselves through uh, parroting beyond where we own in practice. But we often have to practice beyond where we are to get good at where we're to go. So it's, that's why prayer is such a powerful way to practice because you can be in places, in the scripture, in the spirit, in safety, and, and learn where the Holy Spirit continues to affirm and, and not be out there where everybody sees how weak you are. And then you learn the power of God that rests on weakness. So you start to, you know, you just get more comfortable with the way God is that you can be that way with him publicly. So the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them. So they fled out of that house naked and wounded. That is not the way I want to leave a meeting. <laughs> I think they, you know. So now what happens? This became known both to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. So did you hear what happened at Sam's house? And fear fell on them all. 
fear of God is the, always the precursor for the next move of God, and it usually shows up because we recognize something we hadn't seen that now all of a sudden we do see. And so this fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Because if you, that name would get you beat up by a devil, it obviously is the name that everybody wants to learn and to hold and to speak and to proclaim. So all of a sudden, the name of Jesus magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. We, we can pick up a whole lot of mixtures in our journey on life. Little advice over here, little trick over there, little of that, little of this. Next thing you know, what's your sign and what's your astrology? You just kind of, you kind of clump, you know, a little. And, and, and for the most part, it never seems to matter. But then there's moments when all of a sudden God makes a point. There's one, salvation in one name. His name is Jesus. I'm not into all the other stuff. In fact, those who don't know me will not have the authority to, you, to walk with me. And all of a sudden some example happens and people are going, Whew, I'm out of that. I'm out of this too. I'm out of that. I'm out of this. You know, we, are you following me? All of a sudden, there's an awareness. Hey, I don't want to touch any of that. Like, I'm honest. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm processing a prayer that God placed in my heart to pray for our state, for our land, for myself. That I know I'm powerless to direct I'm just submitting to the utterance of the Lord to do so. And that was that he would deal with my idolatry, that he would have access to my stubbornness, my opinionatedness, my willfulness, my, my trust and reliance upon things other than Jesus. I, I'm, I'm aware that it, it's freaking me out because I realize I've got a lot. You know, we make idols to serve us. That's why we like idols because they're here to serve me. Well, God saves us to serve him. That's why he's so difficult to follow, because he thinks he can do anything, and we should be able to believe that he will. So we get this ark. But those idols, you can put them in a cabinet, close the door when you don't need them, pull them out when you need them, and access them. And it could be, you know, anything. In America, for me, born here, I think our one of our corporate idols is idealisms. This idea that I've got an idea and I've got an opinion and so we fight. Anyway, I don't want to go there because I'd lose everybody's faith. But I am praying that, Lord. Lord, there is... We can look at, we can look at pretty much everybody. Oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. So we can see idols everywhere. But I understand that if I can see idols everywhere, I've got to find the idol in my eye. I've got to get the the little, they could get the log out of my eye so I can help someone get it out, the, mo, the splinter out of theirs. And I'm concluding, having read the, John, the gospel so much lately, that he's not saying that just to be, don't be a hypocrite by, by pointing out people's wickedness that you are not submitted to re resolving yourself, but it's when I find out how to get the log out of my eye, I'm going to be able to help others. I got to get free first, healed first. Delivered first. Then I can go and say, come see the man who did what he did for me. And it's liberating. It's freeing. It's not condemning. It's not accusing. It's not telling people. So, whoa. So I'm there. So they're confessing, telling their deeds. And many of those who practice magic or 
uh, curious arts, is King James, brought their books together, burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Most would say probably a few million dollars. Ah, yeah, I know, that's a whole lot of stuff. But you see, there comes those moments in time when God's saying, I really want to liberate my people, and I'm going to dismantle some of the systems that they're, they don't even understand they're in until something points it out, and they go, whoa, I'm out of that. I'm out of that. I'm out of that. So, whoa, shoot, that happens. The word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So, if you'll permit me just five minutes, and then we're going to pray. I've not lived that story yet. I've not lived in that kind of, I've been in some moments where people are starting to recognize and I, to follow the Lord is a whole different understanding than I had the day before. And I want to follow him in that. And I, I got to follow in that. And don't stop me from following that. I know what it's like to be saved and pulled out of drugs and all that manner of destruction and just going, hey, I'm not in there anymore. I'm in here. I'm going. So what happens? What did we learn from here? We learned that Paul understood the value of Holy Spirit. Without Holy Spirit, it wasn't something that was optional. You need the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Well, I didn't even know there was Holy Spirit. That's ignorance. Okay, well, here's the deal. So what were you baptized into? Well, we, into John's baptism. Well, that was a baptism of repentance. It was a pre precursor move. But now we're in the baptism of Jesus, Messiah, and you can baptize, be baptized into him, and then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. So we're back to Acts chapter 2, being repeated now in chapter 19, introduced to earth of seekers. And they're going, okay, so they're baptized in the name of Jesus. Then he lays hands on them. Here is the key. One, this hand that you hold is an instrument of blessing or cursing, healing, deliverance, baptism of the Holy Spirit, all, it's the, it is the most meaningful and tangible way to release God out of your belly, out of uh, impartation. So he's laying hands on them. They start speaking in other tongues and prophesying. And speaking in other tongues is, is to give your spirit or your heart the, a language that your mind does not have to filter or know so that you can pray perfect prayers in times of uh, adversity not cl without clarity, or you can praise in ways you never could get the words to praise him for. And, and it's, it's, it edifies, means, builds us up in the perfect faith, in the most holy faith. It builds us up into our identity in Christ and brings us into revelations we would not have gotten if we just used our mind to study the scripture, but it illuminates our mind slows down, quiet spirit gets alive, and it's something you have control of and something no one can make you do and no one can make you do it. You are the one that can say, I want to speak in tongues because I'm feeling stressed, really stressed right now, and I need to touch God, and my mind isn't cooperating, so I'm going to speak in tongues for the next hour or whatever until I feel the presence of God. It's so beautiful. Prophecy is speaking out of blessing. If we learn the language of blessing humanity, you will start touching the, the destiny over people's lives and start speaking words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. 
which I have a dream that we are a house that there are so many who know to see the Christ resting inside of each other, and we can prophesy to one another, encourage one another, speak blessing to one another. Blessing is so powerful. Blessing is so powerful. Did you know Jesus went so radical? He said you should bless those who curse you. Whoa. Try that. First time it's scary. You think, well, I know if I curse, if I don't bless the ones cursing me, will I give them an advantage to curse me more? No, you're dismantling the cursings. It's like forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't going to make your perpetrator even more vigorous in his attack against you. It's going to release the power of the sin. So, bless the Lord. Jesus became, God the Son became Son of Man, submitted himself, humbled himself, left all of his attributes as God, but the purity of the seed. The Father spoke into Mary's womb. Humbled himself to, the, to become a man, to appearance of man, even to the submission to death on the cross. That act of becoming sin by being perfect and submitting to the Father to have sin become you become sin was, was so, so revolutionary. And all it was was him submitting to the Father. He did not do anything on the cross except submit to the Father to become sin to be judged for sin, to be condemned in sin, to absorb the curse of sin, to finally annihilate the, the, the sin's ability to have its uh, legal claim over anyone once from that point on. Because on the cross, he's called out of the abyss. He said, you're my son. After he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And whenever the father pointed and looked upon him, he was dying spiritual death. He was not dying, he was dying physically, but he had not, he was, the issue was a spiritual one. The issue was what happened to Adam when the light turned off, and all of a sudden you knew you were naked. He died, took 900 years for him to die physically, but he knew, he, he knew immediately he was dead. Just like the new birth, this can be immediate. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. What do you want me to do, Lord? Here it is, immediate. So this Jesus, now raised from the dead, we raised with him, seated with him. He's the high priest of our confession. He's made, he was made lower than the angels, like we live, under the angels. Yet he was for death. Now he's crowned with glory and honor. He's seated at the right hand. There's a kingdom that he's the king of, and he has massive capacities because he's received them all first as the firstborn. He was the first born again man. He was the first healed man under the new covenant, first delivered man. He, he was just called forth. You're my son, Yeshua. Receive your salvation, receive your healing. You're the firstborn of the new creation. Now, any who will believe on you, call upon your name. In your name is salvation. In your name is healing. In your name is deliverance. Now, Beloved, 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 beloved. You see these hands? You know where I like to lay them? Right there. And I just like to say, in the name of Jesus, I release every part of the resurrection life of God that's in me in the Holy Spirit to flood through my body to itself. And just practice. 
Or like this sometimes too, Lord, I am just accepting the fullness of who you are. Flood my being. But your hands are really powerful. Speaking in tongues is really powerful. God wants to exalt his son. It says that Jesus was the first. The Lord began to declare the salvation that he now was ushering in by submission to the Father to become sin. But that's not the focus now. The focus is the resurrection and where he sits is the right hand. That's why the, the, the church in the, the, the early church was known as the way. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's a path. It's not an event. It's a process. It's a journey. And he's the way. I'm following Jesus. I'm listening to your voice. I'm walking with you. It's just, and, and it's unlimited to where we can go to discover him. You know, so here, here this glorious one. He's seated. He has all authority. The apostle started coming back and saying, that's exactly what he said. He proclaimed it. We now agree with it. We, we, we confirm it. This is Hebrews 2. And then God decided he wanted to confirm the word that was being spoken by, by, by miracles and signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit because he was interested in the message going forth. I am discovering that the more I focus on the man and who he has become in the resurrection and who he is for me today and say, Lord, I want to live inside of your salvation to the uttermost. I want to be inside of your health beyond what I can support myself by good habits of eating and sleep and stuff. I want to receive resurrection life by the Holy Spirit inside of me. And I want to walk in this glorious freedom. I want to learn how to be happy when I'm not joyful when I'm sorrowful. I want to be able to walk in peace when there's no reason to be resting. I want to learn how to sleep in the back of a boat while the boat's going down in front. I, I don't want to do that, but I've discovered you're forcing me to learn to do it, so now I want to do it. Does that make sense? Because that's where the authority comes. You can't read a book and think you could do what the book said. You should practice, practice, practice. That's why we're going to practice right now. I am confident. I want to close so we can have ministry time. I am confident if there's anyone in this house that does not know who you are in Christ but want to enter inside of Christ and ready even to walk into a new water baptism encounter with Jesus Christ, that that's available for you today. I'm confident that anyone in Christ who would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the speaking in other tongues and the prophesying and walking out and seeing the gifts start flowing and the fruit start growing and want a greater measure of God's Holy Spirit, I'm confident that he will come to you. And I confident in laying hands on people and confident in getting them to speak in tongues. That's not a problem. It's, it's, I've done it a lot. It's a lot of experience. I'm confident that if anyone will start speaking in other tongues who do, they will start prophesying to their future. See, again, I prophesy to my future. I, I'll talk to God, and I'll let his word talk to me. I'll listen to the Holy Spirit talking to me in the word of God. I'll declare to God what I'm hearing. We have a conversation. It's ongoing continually. And then at times, I'll just kick out of that and just say, I'm just going to prophesy. I'm just going to start, the Lord is saying this and saying that. And I, I get some of the, you know, you, you really encourage yourself. 
You, you can prophesy to yourself. You can edify yourself. You can encourage yourself. You can count. You can just, because you, God is so full of life. He's never going to say to you, you know, you're believing too far. You think I really can do that? That's why we call it a confession of hope. It's, not, it's a confession. It's, it's stuff I'm still looking for. It's not a confession of faith. It's a confession of hope. Because there's a lot more that I'm looking for, for God to fulfill that he's spoken to me, that I thought it was going to happen this way, but it didn't. But now I, why not believe him to do it however he wants to do it? So I'll keep the promise intact and, and to embrace the future, enjoy it. It's all in Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, we're just workers. We're just practitioners of practices. It's the man. It's the man, the man who's seated at the right hand of majesty, who, who, who's interceding over us, calling us into our future. He interceded first by becoming sin for us. Now that he's the righteousness of God and we have been called into the righteousness of God in him, he's interceding over us to pull us into our future, into the dream. And it's so amazing. So... What I'd like to do today, I'm confident, speaking tongues, confident prophesying, confident of the kingdom of God. If you know the king, you know the kingdom. So you just follow who he is, and that's who he, be, he activates. He only honors what he did. He doesn't honor what others are doing. He's honoring the kingdom that he proclaimed while he was on earth, that he now empowered from his seated, resurrected place, and the Holy Spirit's empowering us to go there so we can, we can do amazing things like die or be gentle. We can be meek, lowly, amazing stuff that my flesh goes, oh, okay, but it's learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. And the best thing of all is that I get to be with him every single day day on purpose and explore this vast spectrum of truth of this man and behold him and hear his voice and the Holy Spirit's here to help me hear his voice and remind me of what he said and everything the father has is Jesus and everything Jesus has he's given to me and everything I have is his and we're learning to share I'm learning to receive and I'm learning to let go he's here in our hands. So I want to pray and then I want to release people that need to go and I want to open the door for people to release what they carry. You carry God if you're a believer. And you can release blessing to one another. You can release the Holy Spirit to one another. Our hands, that, that was the whole thing of Kathleen's vision which I caught on was that it's just learning the path of part, impartation the path of transmission, the releasing the thing that's in us to the world that needs him. We can release comfort. So how I'd like to do this, how I think Holy Spirit wants to do it, is he wants to activate all our hands so that we can put, lay hands on one another. And I'll pray for those online. If there are Anybody can receive the Holy Spirit in that setting. If you don't know Jesus, you come on up here. If you, aren't, you don't have the confidence in the Holy Spirit and you want, come up here. But otherwise, I just think it's time just to release the Lord and turn the air conditioning on.
So would you stand up with me, please? Mm. The reason I'm so, I'm, I feel the fear of God is that I do not want to talk about things that are coming from me that are not from me and things that are not mine to control that are his to release. I want to be very honest in the sight of God that what I have and what I don't have because I desire what I don't have and I honor what God has done. And I want to release what's already being carried that's pent up inside of so many of us that's already there. To bless with our hands, to prophesy and impart with our hands, to release the Holy Spirit with our hands, to heal with our hands, to release deliverance and freedom with our hands. These are powerful weapons to raise our hands. That's one of the reasons whenever I come to worship, first thing I put up is my hands. I don't care how I feel. I just put my hands up because if I, my lifting up of my hands is like an even, evening offering, Psalm says. And I got to get them holy. The Bible says that we would lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. So I got to get rid of the anger issues that I'm carrying when I come in. And the doubt. I can't carry the doubt. I got to let them go. I got to say, God, you'll take care of the anger and you're the faith I need. And I'm just going to lift up holy hands. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your heart, double-minded. So I got to, I got to allow the, the work of the blood to cleanse and to purify and to focus myself back on the one and only person that carries this kind of authority. His name is Jesus. His name brings salvation. His name brings healing. His name brings deliverance. And His name uttered out of our lips brings salvation, healing, and deliverance. We've, there's more than we've ever tasted of healing, salvation, and deliverance. So I'll lead us in a simple prayer. Say with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus my Lord, my Savior, my Deliverer, my Healer. I ask now that my hands be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, by the Word of God, and by the Spirit of God. I ask that my heart be wholly returned to you in the name of Jesus, of the blood of Jesus. I begin this moment of healing. Oh, I'm a, by taking my two hands and placing them on my head. And I command a renewing of my mind, a new thought patterns. I want repentance where I cannot see it. I place it on my stomach. I command healing into my body. Wherever disease is here, go. Leave my body. I am the healed of the Lord. I place my hands over my ears and all of the thoughts that race through my mind 
And I command every thought to come into the obedience to Jesus Christ. You will think Jesus Christ, not doubt or fear. You will think Jesus. Whoa. I receive peace. I receive joy. I receive Holy Spirit. I receive righteousness. Oh, I bless you. I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive tongues, prayer languages, heavenly prayer languages. Go ahead, give it to them for just a minute. I receive you online. Keep, keep, keep up, keep up, keep up, keep up, keep up. There's more. There's more. There's more. Keep up, keep up, keep up. I receive. Hallelujah. And I receive prophecy to begin to edify, exhort, and comfort from the Spirit of God. So prophesy for a moment. Prophesy to your children. Prophesy to your nation. Prophesy to the land. Did you know the kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ? He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Scripture's prophecy. Scripture's prophecy. I will always call the end in the beginning. Once you hit something, tell how it's going to end because that's where you're headed if you tell how it ends. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming over this. I'm going to be healed through this. I'm going to be delivered from this. Jesus is going to be magnified and glorified and exalted here where I am. Now, one last thing, because now we're, now, now we're charged. <laughs> You see, this is who we are. We're living temples. We carry God. The river's starting to flow. Healing, deliverance, it's his name. All you, all you, I don't know how to heal anybody. All you have to do is say, in Jesus' name, be healed. That's how you do it. I don't know how to deliver somebody. You say, in Jesus' name, loose them, let them go, or come out, or however it comes to your fancy. But it's the name. Not the name that I preach. It's the name you know. We know. We know him. We know him. It's in Jesus' name I prophesy to my business, and I'm calling you out of the doldrums, out of bankruptcy, into prosperity, and into ex exponential growth. And you do that. And if God's in it, he'll go, woo, yeah, woo. You'll get a witness. And if it's your emotions, you'll witness your emotions. And after a while, you'll feel like the Lord's saying, you know what, let me give you the way more accurate and then you'll get a clarity it's, it's just so cool but it's the active engagement so now I one last thing I'm, I want you to I want you to lay hands on somebody and bless pray prophesy and I don't want you to be afraid for somebody to lay hands on you because they can't hurt you not in this moment for sure can you find one other person it'd be even better if it's not your wife or your husband they already know you don't pray for your husband or your wife. I mean, you can, but take a moment. I want to pray for you online. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Jesus, you're so powerful. Jennifer, you are a woman of God called up into the place of heavenly intimacy and victory. Jesus is here to save 
to heal and to deliver. He's going to be your strength. He's your husband in this moment of absence, and he's going to be strengthening you in your ministry. Eileen, there's a place of prophecy for you. God is not forsaking, not leaving you out of this picture. You are a part of the picture, and he's not deserting you in this moment. Jesus is here to do a work in you, a greater work than you've ever imagined. All of you, everyone online, I can say this, there is, there is the healing virtue of Jesus coming into your home by the power of the Holy Spirit coming into your home. And right now, just start to speak in tongues aloud so that the word of the Lord can come alive inside of you. There's an activation coming inside of you of the revelation of Christ and of, of, of recognition of him in the scripture. The Bible's true, so you will read it with a fresh awareness of these are truths that are that I can accept, whether I can produce them or perform them, they're truths that I can receive. And you're gonna find Jesus encounters. I'm prophesying, Jesus encounters as we that's like you're walking and you're talking, and all of a sudden the illumination comes into your mind of this is the Christ. This is what he's saying to me. It's an idea or a scripture. Or you're reading the Bible. As you get in it, I'm prophesying to you, read the Bible with us because there's a united Bible reading anointing that gives us in the one truth of the one day of the one word. And you're going to read it and you go, I can't believe that the scripture I just read was pre-planned a month ago to be read, but today it's the scripture I needed to read. And how can that be for everybody happening? Because we're one body, one spirit one baptism, one hope of our calling. We're all being trained in the same way all day long. So it's yours. You're going to hear encounters. Now there's a deliverance, there is a, a, a breaking off of, of funky feelings and mindsets you don't need anymore. You've been trying to resolve them. God says, don't resolve them. Let me redeem them. Except my thoughts, they'll become your thoughts. Accept my words, they'll become your words. Accept my son, he'll become your savior, your deliverer. So just receive, just receive, just receive, just receive. everybody in two minutes. Let's just worship and those in the house. Keep the prayer going. There's ministry going. Counters down. Are, are we on? Are we still online? All right. Thank you. Everybody online. Everybody in the house. If you want to bring one of these handkerchiefs, you can come and grab one of them. Take them with you to let the Spirit of God begin to extend the miracles that are beyond our ability. 
you want to see the word of the Lord multiply and grow in evangelism, they're back here. Grab a few tracks. And uh, all of this online. What did I just see a moment ago? The Lord was saying, you're not alone. Never will you be alone. And the, and the truth of the word of the Lord is going to become so paramount. The Bible is going to be like watching a movie, and the Spirit of God is going to be like the narrator over it. And you're going to start finding the path of your journey inside the movie, the God-given sound. So I want to release blessing to everyone. Don't stop praying, but God, go out, touch people, touch them in kindness, touch them in grace, release peace, be a conduit of the kingdom going out of us by proclaiming the name of Jesus in everything, expecting mercy to show up, expecting the faith to, to rise and anticipate what God is going to yet do that he hasn't yet done anticipate expectancy there's a hope that's not our own that's activated now and it's going to take us to the next season like abraham he's able to perform what he promised he's not limited by our limitations he's unlimited by our limitation but by our faith and he's a faith giver because faith is on the name of jesus and we don't have to even generate we just receive his faith, his joy, his peace. Oh, we're going to have a great week. Stay pressed in. If something comes against that place, press through. Keep that connection with the Lord. Let the river flow to you, flow through you. Let the joy come to you, flow from you. Let peace come over you and come out of you. And words of kindness come to us and release them to others. And stay in that sound. It's all in the Bible. It's all in Holy Spirit. It's all because of Jesus our Lord. All right. Blessings, everyone.